Welcome to the Real Estate Investing Club. This is the place everyday real estate investors gather to share their best stories, biggest insights, and favorite tactics to grow a portfolio of cash-flowing properties in today's market. Here's your host, Gabe Peterson. All right, we are back with another episode of the Real Estate Investing Club. Today, we got Sam Liebman with us. Sam is a real estate professional with over 35 years of experience in finance, property management, acquisitions, development, you name it, Sam's done it, which is why I'm super excited to have him here. Sam, thank you very much for hopping on. Thank you for having me. It's going to be a pleasure. Absolutely. Told you before we hopped on the show, we always like to start with stories here at the Real Estate Investing Club. We like to hear how people went from point A to point B. So uh, so how'd you get started? Well, I was basically a kid from Brooklyn with empty pockets. Grew up in a tough neighborhood of Canarsie, Brooklyn, uh, with no direction, dysfunctional family. But they stressed education. And when you're on the streets, you learn street smarts. You learn to get your spider sense tingling when something is wrong, anticipating problems. And that coupled with a traditional education, which I had, um, enabled me to have a nice package to build upon. And I real estate was the perfect profession for me because real, bricks don't talk back. And <laughs> I'm more into you know building wealth and learning about that. And then I worked as a, uh, an accountant. I got my CPA. I used to represent a lot of developers and a lot of property uh, owners, and I felt like everybody's scorekeeper. I mean, as the accountant, they were making millions, and I'm keeping score, you know? So <laughs> after rough. a while, you know, I left to um, join a company called Mountain Development Corp., which is a very big company right now in New Jersey, uh, based on basically syndicating. Mm. And they started off with... Uh, Bob, the owner, Bob Lieb, a secretary named Sandy, and myself in a little office in West Orange, New Jersey. Three years later, he had twenty over 20 million square feet of space in five different states. So I got what I call my Harvard education. And a lot of that was using the street smarts, using uh, the little education I know. But to tell you the truth, when I came out, I didn't know what a lease looked like. <laughs> and my first lease he gave me, so help me God, was... Beecham Pharmaceuticals. It was the size of War and Peace. Oh, geez. He said, do the escalations. Escalations? What are the escalations? So using Street Smart, I called up lawyers, people I knew who explained it, and I was able to do it. But he gave me exposure, which is just so important in the learning process. I got exposure. I was nervous at first, but I did it. I got exposure to heads of real estate departments. He would say, Sam, go go to Harvey Weinstein at Crame 11, and you tell him that uh, I, you want him to explain how this so-so happened. Now, I'm going in a, as a kid to the head of the real estate department, and it was a, you know, a little nerve-wracking, but you got exposure. You learned. You dealt with that's the most important thing. If you work in a job where you're not growing, it doesn't matter what you get paid. It's yep. all about right now increasing your asset, which is your knowledge base. Yep. And unfortunately, especially in real estate, it is lacking in the marketplace. You know, you have your what I call motivational preacher teachers that are just trying to tell you it's easy right away. No money down, flipping houses. I focus on building wealth. 
Yeah. Which is I what always I tell people do not flip houses that if you want to get wealthy, unless you're a contractor, just don't do it. Don't flip houses. Well, even if you're a contractor, the key to building wealth is owning a large asset base that increases over time. Yep. That's it. That's the magic. Now, if you buy multifamily property or office buildings or and learn to do it, that's how you build wealth. If you if you can own $10 million worth of rental property, okay, which trust me, if you know the fundamentals, it is not that hard. It seems like a lot, 10 million, but now when everybody get, has money, there's there's just a lack of product. If you could learn to master the fundamentals so that you could identify opportunities overlooked by others. I have made a career out of, out of making money off people's mistakes. I look at a building differently than most people look at. Okay. I look at not. I really want to, I want to jump into mastering the fundamentals. I think that is super important before I do Mm -hmm. that though. um, You've kind of stressed, you know, multiple times that you need to have street smarts when it comes to REI. So when you're thinking about real estate investing specifically, what does street smarts look like in that sphere? Well, street smarts are looking like they, they talk about in real estate having a nose. If you hear about that, having a nose for real estate, you can smell a good deal. Street smarts to me is learning and knowing what goes on in the back room, under the table, right? So I always equate it. In fact, the book I just wrote, How They Can't Teach We Learn from the Streets, um, we talk about a whole section. I call it psychological due diligence. Mm. Why is the building for sale? Yep, I mean, yep, street yep, smarts yep. would always tell me if it's you know such a good deal, if real estate's so popular, why is it for sale? There mm-hmm. are good reasons, there are bad reasons. Yep. Street smarts is is doing that. I'll give you a perfect example of street smarts. Everybody remembers the movie The Godfather. Well, there was a scene that I'll never forget. And Marlon Brando and and you know Michael were in the backyard in the garden, and uh, Marlon Brando says to Michael, remember Michael. The man who calls the meeting, he's the traitor. And I'm saying, where do you learn that? (laughs) That's what I mean by street smarts. That's what I mean. It's smelling something is wrong and you develop it. And with with real estate, I go in and I can just tell, you know, that this is bullshit. This is not. This is this is this. And we look for we and that's why I like doing off market deals or I like to meet with the owner. To, to feel the vibe of the owner. Yeah. And, and, and I think and that is that's, that's something yeah. that not a lot of people um, go over or include in their due diligence. And I think it is so important is why is the seller selling? Because that really tells you. And I mean, like you said, most of them, they're not going to be super forthright about it. And mm-hmm. especially if there's an issue with the property, um, you know, if there's an issue with the location, knowing and understanding why that person is selling is so important to uh, to you doing your due diligence in the property. Well, yeah, I talk about in the book and whatever, I talk about real estate being a game of hide and seek. Mm. It's how you play. The owner hides every problem with his building and you, <laughs> the buyer, has to find it. Right? Unfortunately, when you're a seller, I mean, when we sell our properties, we like to lay everything on the table. And I hope other people out there do too. Um, well, maybe you do, but that's not the real world, unfortunately. Yeah. <laughs> awesome. Um, so I really like that street smarts, understanding the psychology behind you know, the sale. Why are they selling? Understanding what it is that they're trying to hide, figuring it out. Um, and then you just you mentioned mastering the fundamentals. I like that you touched on that too, because 
there is so much to understand about real estate and you can get you can get pigeonholed into so many different little topics so in your opinion what are the real core fundamentals of a real estate deal well number 1 if you're doing multifamily okay you're going to get an offering memorandum from a broker if you want to buy 50 100 or so units you have to master those sections what do they mean? Yep. Here's a disclaimer. What does that mean? Okay. What it basically means is here's the projections. It's a five cap, but don't rely on anything I say. You have to do your own your yeah. own due diligence. So there's brokers a whole thing about are just right? re- yeah. Brokers yeah. performers are ridiculous. It's like right. none of them are accurate. It's right. <laughs> every time exactly I look at right. it, it's just so I've created in the book a comprehensive um, master offering memorandum. And what you should do is when you look to buy a property, because an offering memorandum is just a litmus test to see if you're interested in going further to verify Mm -hmm. everything in there. So I have these, you know, master um, comprehensive due diligence uh, checklists that basically show you when you go, it's missing this. If they have good good school systems, they're going to show you great school system. They don't have a great system. They're not going to mention the school system. Right. Yep. If it's a new roof, they're going to say brand new roof, only two years old. But if it's the roof is going, they're not going to mention that. Um, you know, th- just the little things like uh, I like properties near school systems because mm-hmm. the key in garden apartments is reducing turnover. Yep. Because every time a, an apartment turns over, if you have a transient building, you got to paint, you got to pay a broker, you got to fix the, you know, everything, you have downtime. But if a tenant renews, there's there there you don't have any of those costs. So I like to rent near good schools. Why? Well, families are less likely to move and take their kids out of good schools. Yep, absolutely. That's just Perfect. one example. There's many. Yep, yep. Um, so, I mean, you've already mentioned before, you got a book coming up. It's called Harvard Can't Teach What You Want. Oh, shoot, what You Learn From the, the title. Streets. <laughs> what <laughs> You Learn From the Streets. There we go. Right. Uh, so in that book, go, you know, give us a high level view of what it is that you kind of cover in there. Well, well, what I do in the era is I try to give the reader a education in the fundamentals. Hmm. So, for instance, the most important thing to me in real estate is increasing property value. Yep. You know, th- there are this I want to mention. In my opinion, there are four ways to make money in real estate. Number one is you buy a building and you do nothing, zippo, but pray it goes up. Now, people did make money. People did make money that way. In the, you know, it's the wrong way. It's not what the pros do. What the pros do are the other three. What they do is they re, they increase revenue, or they increase the rentable amount of square feet that the building has, or you reduce operating expenses. And the, one of the keys in this book is to understand net operating income and cap rates, which determine value of a building. So. I talk about how if you can reduce an expense by $5,000 or increase income by $5,000, it has the exact same effect on net operating income and property value. You won't believe how many people don't, even seasons people don't really do that. I run my life on if it's time for raises, if it's time for even Christmas gifts, how's that hurting my property value? So, Perfect example. We look at a building and I see uh, it's 150 units, 200 units or 50 units. It doesn't matter. 
I know what the water and sewer should be for a building like that, right? If it's double or 25 or 30% higher, I know there's leaks. And if I could, if I could find those leaks, I can save five, 10,000. That's just on one operating expense. I've gone into building. So help me God in contract doing my due diligence and increase the value of a million dollars just by seeing things as we're going through due diligence. That's where you need to be. And that's what I try to stress in the book. Here are the fundamentals. Here are the things you need to do. I, I talk about the cap rate, which is so important. We talk we have a whole chapter on performing psychological due diligence. We have a whole chapter on why cap rates went up. When I bought my first 30-something buildings in 1992 to 1999 or so, cap rates were 9.75 to 12%. Ooh, that's great. <laughs> yeah. But the, and the interest rate was 10%. Mm, that's not great. But re- Right. But remember, when you buy a building, you got to buy real estate when nobody wants it. When you buy a building, you that's a fixed cost. You cannot change the price you pay for a building. Yep. But the interest rate, even though it's 10% at that time, is um, variable. It changes as it has in the course. So those are the sort of the fundamentals examples. Yep. No, I, I love that you're, you're really focused on NOI and cap rate. Um, mm-hmm. The hard thing about cap rate that I've found is, especially when you're doing reviewing properties, is that you really got to dig into how they're calculating their cap rate, their NOI, because most of them, for instance, I just reviewed a, a self-storage facility and it had a you know a great cap rate, and then I looked at their P and L, and they had no management expense expense line items, so they mm-hmm. they were not taking into consideration a management fee because you know they were doing it themselves. So it's small things like that, being able to increase decrease the cap rate that really does improve the property. And that's, you just uh, hit the nail right on the head. That is a great point. That and that's again the fundamentals. A broker is going to give you a pro forma of what he thinks it should be. When you look at the actuals, you're going to find something different. Well, they were wasting money on payroll. They were wasting money on this. You know, little things you learn, like an owner who's, you know, scrupulous will sometimes have his construction company, have an employee on his construction company doing the work so that when he shows a property and does a pro forma, he's showing three workers instead of four. Yep. I mean, I could say all the trick in the book and we use real life examples in the book and we use a lot of, we try to make it funny too and, and interesting, which we've accomplished. And, but the idea of this book is not bragging, not anything. It's that uh, my promise is if they're reading the book, you're not going to get rich right away. You're going to be able, your knowledge of real, real estate will increase substantially. That's the, that's it. I'm going to give you the foundation that you need to build upon, introduce topics that you need with real life examples. And, and, and it, look, it's all about this point. I always say, I don't need to be the richest guy in the cemetery. You know, <laughs> it's all about giving back, having fun and teaching. Absolutely. I'm, I'm 66. I might look younger, but I'm 66. <laughs> My son joined me in the business. And right now it's a, it's a um, creative endo- uh, endeavor to give back and help. I love doing these podcasts. I love teaching young people. It's just my new passion. And that's the truth. I love that. Um, so there's two things that I kind of want to go into. One, you mentioned you really like off-market properties. That's something that I'm super passionate about is understanding, you know, and trying to communicate how you do go about grabbing off-market properties and mm-hmm. finding them. Um, but before we do that, I wanted to ask um, your opinion on the market in the future. So we're we're sitting at 2022 right now in February. 
everybody's been talking about an upcoming downturn um, within the next you know six to eight months. What's your opinion on where the market will go, where the real estate market will go in the next uh, in the next year? Well, it depends on what sector you're talking about. You know, okay. I, How about, I let's do multifamily. Okay, I think multifamily will remain strong. I think it's going to be Armageddon for retail and office buildings for a lot of reasons. Yep. You don't need to work in a city to do business in a city. Do you know what the the occupancy rate right now in Manhattan is? I don't. 30%. Wow. Wow. That is and, horrible. You know, and all these broke. <laughs> All these brokers will argue with me. You know, no, it's coming back. It's not coming back. In fact, I, I predict it, that it's not going to come back more than 65%. Wow. And look at the ramifications and the domino effect, negative effect on property value that's going to happen. Yep. You know, say say a lawyer has 30,000 square feet. He says his, his, his lease is up. He's time to exercise. His, uh, oh, no, we got to talk. I don't need 30,000 square feet. My people haven't been here in a year. I need 15,000 square feet. Yep. Now the owner, and I don't want to pay $80. I only want to pay $65 because the guy across the street has better space for 65. Yep. Not only does your NOI go down in property value for that one tenant, but your cash outlay, you have to reconfigure his space from 30,000 to 15,000, right? Uh, every tenant is asking the sun, the moon, and the stars right now. So the new 15000 has to be reconfigured. It's a lot of money. The new tenant, you're going to have to pay a broker's fee. You're going to have downtime. You're going to have to give, give him a free rent period. You're going to have to give him TI, tenant improvement. That's just for one tenant. And your value went down. Now, if I'm right, at 65% and you have that rest of the building all going, I will almost guarantee you that the price of the the value of his building will be below the mortgage at some point. Yep. And I've talked to a lot of bankers and they're worried. They are worried. And I hear all this stuff about, yeah, we'll convert it to residential. Well, it's not that easy. When you do <laughs> construction, you got to cut the building for re, uh, residential. You lose some rentable square feet. I don't know what's going to happen with that. I think the rental market is extremely strong, will remain strong as long as there's low interest rates. There are cultural differences now where the younger people are priced out of the housing market. Yeah. They don't they don't want to uh, own anything. They they want to be free of any type of real uh you know, they change a lot. They don't want to be tied down millennials and and the other generations so i do think that there's a big thing now i'm sure you're familiar with it's called build to rent build build Mm -hmm. to rent movement Mm -hmm. i think residential will keep doing well because of the shortage that we have the problem you have is people are taking on more risks for less reward than anything else you know buildings where i where i have a lot of properties in texas you know these are C buildings, we made B buildings and A locations. They're selling for below four cap rates. Yeah, yeah. It's ridiculous. It's like, no. <laughs> right. And, and I just got a mortgage on one of my properties, 2.5% fixed interest only for 10 years. Wow, that is yeah. great. <laughs> but I'm not the only one, okay? Yeah. So when the banks are giving this financing and, you know, there is there's so much money out there in 1992, 93 to 1999. There was no money, but there were tons of properties. Hmm. Just the opposite. Now There's tons of money, no properties. Huh. It is so hard to find a property. We are not. I used to buy one time. I bought 10 properties a week in a oh week. 
can't do that anymore. I am very picky now and very worried. Um, if I buy something, the margin of error has come down so low that this is where we really use my fundamentals mm-hmm. to say, let me let me find opportunities overlooked by others. It gets harder and harder, but they're still there. I do think there's going to be a lot of opportunities when these retail uh, big box stores or the retail centers, you know, Armageddon, as I say, and you're going to be able to buy these from the bank for, for a half half of what they sold for. I did this, okay? And, you know, in um, a course I'm trying to put down, an online course I'm working on called Street Success Real Estate Academy, we are taking building, a building that I owned, that I paid in 2012, um, what I paid $5 million, it's now worth over 15. Mm-hmm. Why? What did we do to that building? It wasn't just the interest rate, wasn't just this. It was what did we see? What did we do to that building that really increased the value? And and it's it's a teaching tool that people will really be benefiting from. Perfect. Another thing is, unfortunately, you know, many many people, especially now, young people, have said, "I want to get into real estate." I said, "Why don't you?" And nine out of ten times, as you would know, is the answer is I wouldn't know where to start. Yeah, there is no four year degree in real estate that I know of. I know that Syracuse, I think Indiana, NYU, they have graduate programs. They're trying to put in undergraduate programs, but it's more on theory and modeling that, you know, and then the Internet, they teach. They don't teach you how the car is made. They teach you how to sell the car. Hmm. So I'm more focused on I'm not trying to show you boats I have and planes and cars, all that bullshit. I want to teach you how to get it done is to get it done. Right. Awesome. Well, I, I am fully behind that movement. I did take a peek at the clock just now, and it looks like we have passed our, our allotted time. So I got to push us into the quick question round. Are Uh-oh. you ready? I'm ready. All right, let's do it. It always starts out with books because I'm a big bookie. So why don't you give me two book recommendations, one for general life wisdom and one for real estate specific? Well, real estate, I recommend mine. Harvey can't there teach you, you from the streets. Um, I I read articles. I don't read that many books, but I will tell you a book that I think is really, really good. It's it's only 120 pages. You might have heard of it. Uh, it's called The E-Myth by Michael Gerber. Mm, yep, 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 yep. Okay. And why, you want me to explain why I love that book or you don't have time? No, let's hear it. <laughs> I love that book because it's very simple and he talks about the three keys you need to be a, to a successful business. You got to have entrepreneurial entrepreneurial skills, management skills, and technical skills. And if you don't have any of those three, the business will fail. And I think Perfect. that is so so true. Yep, absolutely. All right, moving on. The next one is for your younger self. So if you could go back to the Sam who had not had zero experience in real estate, he was still doing, you know, as an accountant on the sidelines, looking at everybody else having success. Um, go back to that Sam, look at him in the eye, and give him one piece of advice moving forward. I wouldn't have wasted so much time on focusing on things that didn't matter, problems that didn't matter. Um, I spent a lot of time, you know, if it was not having a girlfriend or um, or even staying too long in public accounting, maybe I should have left a year or two earlier. Hmm. But I can honestly say with the 70 buildings that we have done, I came from no money I think I did as much as I could do with the assets I had. Yep. Um, I would have liked to do more. Hindsight I can't say always 2020. Yeah, right. Yeah, I can't yeah. say it's, I should have bought this. I should have bought that. No, 
but definitely looking back of time wasted that could have been towards a career that I regret. All right. All right. And so on the flip side of that, um, if you could, you know, we're all gifted with specific talents. Nobody, um, there is no exceptions here. We all have skills. And uh, Mm -hmm. so what is your specific Superman strength? What do you feel you are exceptional at? I'm exceptional. uh, What I'm told is getting to the bottom line of a story. Um, Um, Here is, stop the bullshit. Here's the bottom line. Um, They used to say, give it to Sam, let him tear it apart. You know, I think that what I do is when I have a deal, icons go off of my head. So in other words, if we're doing a construction of a building and something changes where with, okay, we can't do um, the gym at uh, 5,000 square feet. We can only build a 2,000 square foot gym. Well, what does that mean? That means I got to call the lawyer to change the condo book. Right. Then I got to call the management company for this. Then I got to change this, 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 the follow up, the mm-hmm. links to everything is my strong point. You oh, wow. must, the most important thing I look for employees is follow up. I could teach people the follow up and the commitment, but the icons, the relationships that, between parts of a deal. If you don't, for instance, if you're going to buy a deal and you have 30 days due diligence, Okay, my strong point is knowing I better call the third party reports because they got I mean, the survey because it could take them three weeks to do the survey survey. So anticipate problems. I better call the guy, get him right away to do this. I better call the bank, get that in because it takes a month to get a commitment. I only got 30 days. Call the lawyer, tell him to do this, have them do that. It's that strong point of putting the whole piece together so that everybody does things efficiently. And when you do construction, you better have your ducks in order because if you don't have that, the, the sheetrock is delay, delayed, the plum is delayed, effect. the is delayed, this one's delayed, yep. and they're off to another job. So I'd say my strong point is this realizing the interreaction between the different subparticles, okay, of yep. a deal and making, mm-hmm. getting everything in order and not have, because you, you're going to wind up being at the mercy of somebody if you yep. don't. And that is definitely a hard skill to master. I can uh, I can attest to that one. Um, moving on, the next question is about locations because the United States is such a big place. There's plenty of places to invest. Um, what area are you most excited about putting your hard-earned dollars? That's a good question. Um, I don't think I don't see there are any bad areas anymore. I think that everything can be. You know, it used to be location, location, location. You know, I always say I have a running joke that on my tax return, when it says occupation, I don't put down real estate or accounting. I put down opportunist. <laughs> so <laughs> I'm an opportunist. Um, I like Texas. Texas is expensive. I like it. I like uh, Nashville seems to be pretty good now. But I, I'll tell you where I stay away from. I stay away from areas that are going to have rent control. Mm, yep. And it's New growing. York, California. New York is circling the drain. Yep. Okay. There is a big invisible sign in New York. I'm from New York. I, I owned over 40 buildings here at one point. Okay. They have a big sign. One percentage real estate industry, get out. You're not wanted here. Oh, and wow. Texas and Florida has an invisible sign that says, welcome. All one percenters. Welcome. <laughs> real estate people. Welcome. Business. And you don't pay taxes. So people are leaving New York City in droves. And like I say, I believe it's circling the drain. I don't want to be in that environment. I love Manhattan, but I don't want to invest there. 
I love Texas. Texas is great, but Texas is expensive. Mm-hmm. But there's going to be continued growth. Yep. Florida is a really an interesting place. I I used to think Florida was you know uh, low barrier to entry, you know water money build, but Florida. Florida is growing like crazy. And I've, um, I've heard great things about Florida. What I'm yeah. most nervous about is, uh, is flooding. Um, you know, they've talking about the, the sea level rising. I know this is like so far into the future, but you know, yeah. even when you're looking at Miami, um, there are some areas that are being affected and that's, that's my main concern there. That's I've, I've considered point. Florida. I love Texas. I bought three. You know, my concern, you know, my concern about Florida would be, you know, there's no income tax there. And now you have all these people. You're going to have to build roads, schools, mm, communities, yep. bridges. Where's that money coming from with no income tax? Oh, so eventually they might have an income tax. By the way, in Texas, an income tax is unconstitutional. No way. That's interesting. Yeah. <laughs> all right. I got to move us on. This is the quick question round. And we're uh, we're taking our time, which I like. I like. I like uh, just walking down the street. But um, we're going on to the next question. And this one is about how to get in contact with you. You've mentioned oh. a few times about the book. Um, and so I'm sure, you know, where is a good place for them to reach out? We have a, we- and- mm-hmm. we have a website. It's called samleben.com. Very easy. samleben.com. And if you're interested in how to spell that, it's L-E-I-B-M-A-N.com. And we're we're trying to get together a community where everybody can share ideas. That's what we're building towards. Right now, it's just information about me and the book. There are articles that we that I've written. Um, it's we have to. We're going to change the website a little bit to offer more to people. I want to do crossword puzzles where people, you know, will be a quizzes, and that's what you do. You got to keep quizzing people to make sure they know it, keep them engaged. That's what we're working on. Perfect. I love it. That is samliebman.com. That is IE, not EI. That was my mistake. <laughs> I will put that URL in the show notes. If you guys are interested in reaching out, getting that book, just go to samliebman.com, click a little more in the description. It'll pull down the full description in there. You can find Sam's URL. So Sam, that it, it's been a pleasure talking with you. Yes, Thank you has. very much Enjoyed for it. hopping on the show. Thank you. All right. And for everybody who's here with us today, thank you guys for showing up. You are the reason we do this. If you guys have any questions whatsoever, reach out to me, Gabe at the real estate investing club.com. Other than that, hope you guys have a great week. Keep rocking real estate as always. And I look forward to seeing you on the next episode. Thank you for joining us for another episode of the Real Estate Investing Club. I hope you guys enjoyed the episode and were able to pull some actionable advice that you can go home with and apply to your own investing business. Before you go, I have a gift for you. If you're a new investor looking to get started or an established investor looking to take your business to the next level, I've created an ebook just for you available on the website. This ebook will cover how I was able to create both active and passive income in real estate with very little money to start with. In it, I will address the three most often cited obstacles new and veteran investors run into by showing you how to find a deal that's actually a deal, how to finance that deal with little to no money down, and how to exit a deal for maximum value. And if you get the ebook today, I'm going to bury you in bonuses, seven of them to be exact. 
First, you'll get the off-market lead generation blueprint, which will take you through the exact systems processes we use to generate off-market leads like clockwork, which is the most important skill when it comes to creating real wealth in real estate. Then you'll get the A to Z REI systems and vendors guide, which will allow you to peek under the hood of our business and see the exact tools and systems and even the vendors we use to grow our business. After that, you will get the top 100 best performing keywords pack, which will give you the exact keywords we use to target leads online and generate leads without having to lift a finger. Next, you'll get the contracts bundle for wholesaling and renting real estate, which will give you access to all of the contracts we use in the field to execute all types of transactions. After that, you'll get the investor's quick analysis calculator and offer tool, which will allow you to quickly calculate whether a deal is an actual deal and will allow you to create an offer automatically from those calculations. Next up, we'll give you the Investor's Daily Success Tracker, which is a tracker you can use to ensure you are taking the right actions day in and day out to reach your financial goals in real estate. And finally, you will get the Wholesaler's Template for Quick Assignment Cash, which will give you the templates we use to present our wholesale deals professionally and efficiently to our buyers. I know that is a ton of things to say. I'm glad you were able to stick with it. Uh, so you'll get both the ebook and all of those seven free bonuses when you download the ebook today. All we charge is the admin cost to run the show. So if you are interested in the ebook and the bonus bundle, head on over to the website at therealestateinvestingclub.com. Click on get the ebook bundle at the top of the page and take advantage of that deal. With that housekeeping item covered, I hope you have an absolutely fantastic day and even better week. Keep rocking real estate, and I look forward to seeing you on the next episode. All right, before I officially sign off, I have a quick announcement to make. If you're interested in becoming a passive investor in one of my deals, my own company, Kaizen Properties, is looking for capital partners for our upcoming projects. We invest in what are known as recession-resistant assets, mainly self-storage facilities, mobile home and RV parks, and industrial properties. If you're interested in investing and would like to learn a little bit more about my company, our investing criteria, and some of the previous projects we've done, Go to the Real Estate Investing Club podcast at therealestateinvestingclub.com and scroll all the way down to the bottom of the page. Click on the Invest With Us button. That'll pop up the investor form. Fill that out and we will reach back out to you as soon as we can. Or if you prefer a little bit more of a personal touch, you can reach out to me at gabe at therealestateinvestingclub.com. So really, that is it. Again, it was a pleasure hanging out with you guys during this episode, and I look forward to seeing you on the next episode.